Welcome into another edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome into another great edition of the show. Now, of course, here at Impact Media, what we do on Strong Style each and every week is we come on, we teach, we talk. Not teach. I guess you can learn things. Hope you're learning things. But we talk about everything that happens in the world of combat sports. Of course, that would be professional wrestling. That would be mixed martial arts. That would be boxing. That would be um, Olympic wrestling. That would be uh, anything that encompasses combat sports. But tonight, it's all about the fighting, and it's all about the pro wrestling. There is uh, tons of fighting to talk about. There is tons of wrestling to talk about tonight's show entitled we fight at night we do it was an elton john who first told us that saturday night's all right for fighting i think nickelback reminded us of that a couple years ago but yeah any night is a good night for fighting in a controlled way let's not start street fights let's not do that let's be upstanding citizens like we all are as i said i'm jeremy the impact york let's get right into it. First of all, I want to say um, for those who, who are so inclined to keep up with, with my uh, activities, I uh, was able to pick up a uh, second sponsor earlier today for uh, my Peachtree Road Race competition coming up. Uh, Peachtree Road Race, for people who don't know, is a 10K that happens uh, right around July 4th. It's a two-day event this year. They split it up because of uh, COVID restrictions. Um, I believe I'm running on the second day. I'm going to have to check on that exactly. But uh, maybe the first day even. I think it's the first day, actually. I'm in one of the final waves on the first day. But either way, uh, two sponsors. The one I had uh, before today was Great American Incorporated. They do uh, diesel and big truck parts. You can either go to their store in Lithia Springs or in Dublin, Georgia. Or um, if you are on one of their delivery routes, they will bring it to you. But uh, I think theload.com is how you would find uh, everybody at Great American Incorporated. They are a fantastic uh, company. Uh, If you need diesel or brick truck parts, I'd check them out. And then the sponsor we were able to pick up for today. You guys have heard me talk about them a lot. In fact, before we, you know, as you will so so inclined to hear me later on during this broadcast, you'll hear me take a sip of something. Like I said, unless they sponsor the show, I usually don't tell you what it is. Well, that last sip of amazing French Rose coffee is from the great people at The Buttered Utter. I went by the Bremen location earlier today, picked up a delicious piece of peanut butter pie, 
Uh, got some cookie dough ice cream the other day for my amazing better half. Uh, they just, a lot of times I get breakfast quiches. I get all, there's all kinds of just amazing things at the Buttered Udder. Whether you go to the Carrollton location, whether you go to the Bremen location, either way. But they have become the second sponsor for my Peachtree Run that is really appreciated. I am working on um, getting all the logos arranged and everything for the shirt I'm going to wear. But I definitely appreciate their efforts. Definitely appreciate them making all the amazing things they do. And definitely appreciate that they are open even when I get in very, very late. But uh, shout out to uh, uh, Mike and the crew there. They, uh, they're they just fantastic. Like I said, whether it's ice cream, whether it's baked goods, whether it's pies, cookies, brownies. Like I said, they're, they're ice cream. The, the coffee is fantastic, but the, the ice cream is unreal. And they're always – they have their staples. But at any given time, there's probably 20 flavors available there. In fact, if you go there, maybe somebody told you about one. Or maybe you just start, you know, man, I, I, I usually like these kinds. Well, there's a chance they still have it there. It's just not on display. They probably, they probably look in the back. Probably get mad at me. Just kidding. We're having a good look. But, uh, no, let them know. There are some fantastic ones there. If you want to get with me or hit them up about some of the more popular flavors, the ones I like or the ones I think you may like, hit me up. But I uh, definitely appreciate the butter Utter and everything that they do. Now, let's talk some wrestling. We're going to talk some wrestling all the way through. Then we're going to talk some fighting. Uh, we're going to preview. God, we're going to preview so much at the end. Uh, obviously, we're going to review the Invicta card, the PFL card. Bellator 260 happens over the weekend. UFC 263 NXT in your house. And then, like I said, we're going to preview uh, Hell in a Cell from WWE is coming up. Uh, Triller Fight Club has another event this weekend. And uh, PFL actually has an event that is... Uh, Already kind of going, but if you want to see the main card, it will be on ESPN at 9 o'clock uh, if you listen to this. Probably by the time this show comes out later today, but uh, it, it PFL, some uh, really cool stuff. I love the way they... I really love the way that... Uh, they put everything together. It's it's uh, it's PFL. I really like the format. And I like another format, but we'll get into that later. Uh, let's start with we're going to do all the WWE, uh, including including the pay per view. We had uh, on Raw last week. They opened up Monday Night Raw with a tag battle royal that the Viking Raiders won. I think that's great. Viking Raiders are a great indie team. They, uh, they're big. They work well together as a tandem. They have done some fantastic things away from WWE. Now that, now that they are both back healthy and ready to go, I look for them to do some fun things. Plus, you need a, a good, credible, you know, a good, credible team to face the tag team champs and the tag team champs of raw are the 
Let's see. It was. Not even real sure who it is. It was. See, it was Shelton. They're the Hurt Business there. Shelton and Cedric. They lost it to the New Day. The New Day. Anyway. Can't remember. But uh, the Viking Raiders won the tag team battle royal. You needed to get a, a new contender and, without having a giant tournament or beat the clock or all these other crap they go through. But uh, congratulations, the Viking Raiders. They're probably not going to win the tag titles, although they could. But uh, they're, they're credible, and they'll help make uh, the champs look good. Uh, for the second time in a row, we get, or not second time, but they, spoiler alert, and they do it again this week. Uh, Elias takes on Riker, Jackson Riker, as he has uh, split from Elias. Elias walked out on him. Uh, Riker finally cut his hair. He has a, uh, a lot uh, shorter hair now. He's super. I, I met him years ago when he was with the NWA. Uh, uh, Riker is is uh, very very good. Back, uh, in fact, I saw him and Adam Pierce face off in a in a main event. There was a third guy. I can't remember if that was. I can't remember who else that third person was. But uh, that that guy's fantastic. But um, I don't know why they've suddenly decided to split these guys because it kind of came out of nowhere. My guess is that they have a better plan for one or the other, or they're about to get rid of one of them. If they're going to get rid of one, it would seem like Riker, but Riker has looked like the better guy in this feud so far because they wrestle for a couple minutes, and then Elias walks out and gets counted out. This is what happened here. So we'll see what's going to happen here. They may not have anything better for either one of them to do, and that may be why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, the fact that Nikki Cross is not only back up in the the world women's title contendership is not only fantastic, but the fact that she is getting clean wins over Rhea Ripley, over Charlotte, and now over Ashka, uh, good for Nikki. Uh, big Nikki Cross fan. I, I like the the fireball energy. I like that, even though it seems like she's erratic, like she's a like a like a rabid squirrel or something like that. You know, chasing after you know something, trying to mess with her nest. It's controlled chaos. It's not just erratic and all over the place. The way she does it is just amazing. And uh, the fact that she's doing it against three of the best. It shows you where her place is right now. And, you know, yes, it's the other three that are predictable on top that we always talk about, but I'm going to keep saying it. At least they put somebody different in here, and at least it's somebody credible that we can believe. So good for Nikki. Because uh, actually it was Nikki versus Oscar versus Charlotte, or no, Nikki and Oscar took on Charlotte and Rhea. I had that backwards. couldn't read my own writing. But Nikki got the win over Rhea, which is, once again, that's two wins in the last couple of weeks over Rhea Ripley and one over Charlotte, and technically two over Charlotte, uh, but pinned Rhea twice, or once was a, a time limit. Either way, they're building up the next contender for the belt after Rhea potentially beat Charlotte, so at least it looks credible. Uh, Riddle took on Kofi. 
Riddle was doing pretty decent. Still not the world's biggest Riddle fan. I like him and Randy Orton being paired together. The thing I did like about this match was that Kofi kind of uh, stepped back and let Riddle be Riddle, which is when he's at least more entertaining. And as he did that, uh, it ended up being Riddle's downfall because he was trying to impress Randy Orton, tried to go for an RKO, and uh, Kofi easily got out of it and dropped him with a, a Trouble in Paradise, I believe, and Kofi gets the win. And then Raw goes off the air as we get more into this weird Alexa, Shayna stuff. This involved the doll. This involved Shayna uh, locking herself in a room only to realize she was trapped. She could only see the doll's reflection in the mirror but couldn't see it behind her. Interesting camera work they were doing. Uh, it, it was actually well done. Shayna was playing it very well. Alexa plays this stuff pretty well. And uh, it ended up Shayna kicking a mirror. You know, is what it is. We will see how this plays out because it is one of the five matches at Hell in a Cell. And it's the only one that has nothing to do with a title. So I find it weird. No tag titles, no nothing getting defended as far as everything I saw. But I think Shayna is the right person. She needs a little bit of a boost and to do with something that's not with Nia Jax. So the fact that her and Alexa are in this uh, weird, not psychedelic, but kind of just bizarre, whatever it is, it's, uh, it's a boost for both. Because it'll show the credibility of Alexa that she's a really good athlete. And it will show that Shayna can actually match up with... Uh, Practically everybody. Because Alexa is, is an anomaly to herself. She's very different. Nobody wrestles like her. That's a good thing. Uh, that left us to... Let's go SmackDown. Yeah, and then we'll talk Hell in a Cell. We'll, we'll kind of ping pong. Uh, SmackDown last week, you had KO, Kevin Owens, and Big E took on Sammy and Apollo. This is a decent tag match. Uh, weird that KO got the win. Seems like he's still getting pushed over Big E. Maybe not ready to put the rocket on Big E quite yet. I think we should do it pretty soon. Uh, Carmella loses to Liv Morgan. It's, it's nice to throw Liv a, a bone here and there because uh, she doesn't have her partner anymore. Uh, really didn't have a lot going. If she's going to be a singles competitor, that's one thing. That's fine. Uh, I still think Car- Carmella is, is the future of the women's division SmackDown. I mean, how is she not? She's got the look. She's got the attitude. She doesn't. They got rid of her, her little Reginald guy because she doesn't need him. She she carries herself in, in such a championship way that I think she'll be champ again sooner rather than later. I mean, she'll have to be Bianca Belair. Not going to hurt my feelings there. Um, I think they really should put those two together, maybe at SummerSlam. And that's borderline main event-ish, as, as big as they both could be. But she dropped the match here. It is what it is. Good for Liv Morgan. Uh, Bailey did uh, Ding Dong Hello, where Seth came out, and then the doorbell went off again. They opened it. Cesaro came out, destroyed the ring, destroyed Seth. 
Seth Cesaro, man. This is uh, it's weird that it's not going to be at Hell in a Cell because it had Hell in a Cell written all over it. But maybe SummerSlam. I keep hearing some rumors. You know, I don't I don't check out the dirt sheets, but I keep hearing rumors that there could be some really fun things, especially for maybe Roman at SummerSlam. That tells me somebody from the past will probably come back, give him a pretty good run, or somebody who had been injured or missing could come back, and that, that could be interesting. You know, I'm throwing this out there. This is not part of the rumor. I don't even know who they're going to bring in. I do not read the dirt sheets. We haven't seen Bray Wyatt in a while, and since they gave his speed gimmick basically to Alexa, what if he just comes back as Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt Roman, sign me up. Uh, I think that's the better matchup. I don't know that I would put him on anybody in Raw with either McIntyre or Lashley. Not the world's best matchup, but uh, Bray Wyatt on SmackDown, away from Alexa for a little while. I think there's some fun matchups. There's KO, there's Apollo, there's, there's some people that I think could really benefit from having him over there. But either way, uh, Seth and Cesaro, I, that's, that's WrestleMania main event quality. It'll probably be SummerSlam. It'll probably be somewhere in the middle of the card. I would even lead off with it. Either way, their feud continues. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. The, the Shinsuke and, and King Corbin thing with the crown and, and Rick Boogs is weird, but it works. I think at some point you need to have Corbin kind of pair up with somebody else and then we can see Boogs in a match. I think that's what we're ultimately getting to, or Boogs could take on Corbin at some point. Maybe if Boogs wins, Shinsuke gets a certain opportunity, or if he loses, it, I don't know, there's some things you can play around with that, but uh, that, that's pretty interesting there. And then, of course, Ray and Roman and Dominic... Uh, just trying to promote the Hell in a Cell match they have. Now, as I said, Hell in a Cell is this weekend, this Sunday. Here are the matches, and I will give out my predictions. And I'll write them down so that you guys can yell at me when I screw these up. Uh, like I said, the only match that I've seen, I only saw five matches so far. The only match that I saw that had nothing to do with a title was Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. I would imagine we'll get some weird flashback, time travel, teleporter, weird sci-fi stuff. And uh, I, I don't... I'm a big fan of both of these, these ladies. The one that benefits from the win the most is Alexa. Because Alexa can keep pushing this stuff. And Alexa can... I think she has more places to go right now where Shayna can be semi-repackaged. I don't want her paired up with somebody right now, or if she is paired up, it could be with a, uh, one of the male superstars, not in some love triangle or nothing like that. No, it's it's one of those respect, respect things. Um, off the top of my head, don't know. But I, I think pairing her up in a non-competing way would be beneficial that she can get back on track to being the queen that she is. But I'm taking Alexa in that match. 
Uh, let's see, Roman versus Rey in a Hell in a Cell, poor Rey Mysterio. We know the Usos will be involved. We know Dominic will find a way to be involved, able to try to counteract it, but last time I checked, that's still three on two. There's no reason for Rey to win this belt. Uh, the reason why the SmackDown titles, tag titles aren't on the line is because Rey is in this match, because him and Dominic are the champs, which is fine. You got to take Roman. There's no reason to stop this train from rolling down the track, especially when we know something big's happening at SummerSlam. We just haven't heard exactly what it is. Uh, take Roman Reigns. Got Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. See, this is going to be such a chalk pay-per-view, I think. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. Once again, Charlotte, we're not sure of her exact status. Is she here? Is she there? Are they mad at her? Are they not mad at her? Is she mad? Is she not mad? What is going on? Sorry, I take another sip of that delicious coffee from the buttered udder. Uh, but Rhea Ripley makes the most sense to keep the belt here because, as I said, I think her next opponent is going to be Nikki Cross or Ashka. And I'm, she's already beat Ashka a couple times. Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross versus Rhea Ripley sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, to use the Damon White, uh, Damon. To use the Dana White thing, I, I think it comes down to uh, what's interesting. I think this is interesting. This is an interesting matchup that we should work towards. So, take Rhea Ripley. Uh, Bianca Belair, the champ, is going to defend the SmackDown belt against Bailey. Big Bailey fan, you guys know that. Not a big Bianca Belair fan, but that doesn't matter. She's a pretty good worker. She's a new, fresh face. They needed a little bit of a facelift anyway on SmackDown, something a little different. As much as I would love to say Bailey, uh, it, it makes better sense for Belair to go against Carmella or somebody like that. I hate that Bailey's not. I, I almost wish Bailey would go to Raw and, and be in the middle of that mix. Maybe they could swap her and Oshka. That'd be a pretty good swap. But I don't know if they're going to listen to that. Take Bianca Belair. And then in, in uh, probably the main event, for Hell in a Cell, because I, I think this is a little bigger than the, the SmackDown main there. Bobby Lashley is going to defend the Raw belt against Drew McIntyre. If Drew loses, this is the last chance he will get at the title while Lashley is the champ, which usually means he's going to win. But I I think you, uh, you let Drew take a little bit of a, I mean, why give him another win? with nobody in attendance. There is zero attendance for this outside of people that work for WWE that may be in random places. Uh, this will be one of the last events they do before they uh, start doing fans, start having fans in attendance, which is just going to make WWE a, a whole different show in general. It's been fun to see what they've done so far up to this point. They really adapted. Uh, I give it, I give credit to, to them and a lot of organizations, UFC, Bellator, about making it work. Uh, but with no fans in attendance, you really want Drew to have another huge win with nobody there. I think you uh, you let that go for a little while. You let that you let Drew kind of do something different for a little while. There's some uh, some other contenders I think you should potentially look at. Uh, but I'm just gonna go chalk on pretty much everything. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take Lashley on that one. I think you guys should too. You know it. Uh, I, I just, I just, 
this is more of a preview show up until SummerSlam, which is the, I would say, third biggest show on the, somewhere like that. I would say, uh, WrestleMania is the biggest. I like Royal Rumble a little better, more than likely numbers-wise, though. It's either Survivor Series or uh, SummerSlam that are uh, second or third on that list. But they're going to build up to another big show. I, I think you pretty much have all your champions retained. You pretty much go chalk. You let the most interesting thing to happen be Alexa and Shayna, and uh, you kind of just wash your hands and move on. Let's go to NXT from last week. Uh, this was just a good match. Just want to talk about it. It was a good match. It was Austin Theory versus Oni Lorcan. Oni waiting on Danny Burst to come back from injury is kind of in no man's land. Uh, the fact that Johnny Gargano, who is Austin Theory's partner, was in the main event for the uh, heavyweight title meant that Theory was just out on a limb by himself. So this gave him something to do. This is a really, really good match. Uh, the Theory can really work. He uh, cut his teeth here right around Atlanta, so I'm always be a little partial to him. Never got to see him exactly, but I know he's from around Atlanta. Uh, did some things around here, and Only Lorcan is a uh, machine. He is just a, a mechanic. Mechanic machine, mechanical machine right there. Uh, Lorcan gets the win, but it's just a fantastic match. Since the pay-per-view that they did over the weekend was called In Your House, Doc Hendricks showed up. Yep, Michael PSAs. Always good to see Michael PSAs, but of course he was asking Doc Hendricks. He was talking about In Your House. He did a lot of promo stuff. He pro- promoted and previewed the, the entire card. That was fantastic because... It really didn't have that much hype. It kind of snuck up on me. I didn't realize it was happening until all of a sudden he starts talking about In Your House. And I was like, is that the next one? Sometimes NXT gets so busy in their in their really deep storylines that they just miss the fact that they forgot to tell you there's a show coming up. Or they just didn't mention it loud enough. Or maybe I didn't pay attention. One or the other. Um, they're really building up Swerve Scott's group. I like that they have uh, the guy that's been hunting down treasures. Everybody's AJ, is that his name? Have him in the group. But uh, Swerve Scott beats Killian Dane, and that is kind of weird. That's uh, Killian Dane is is suddenly putting a lot of people over, and it's it's kind of weird. Uh, Mercedes Martinez and Zia Lee get into it before Mercedes matches with a random jobber. Uh, she ended up throwing Zia Lee over the barrier, and while they were sorting that out, she went and took care of the random jobber. That led to a match they had it in your house. I will talk about that in a minute. They are really enjoying using pop star Poppy, who released a handful of tracks for wrestling, like geared through NXT in general. But uh, they had a segment where it was Poppy, Triple H, Dexter Loomis was involved, Indy Hartwell was involved, where... That was an interesting little wrinkle. And then Regal. Uh, man, I can't wait to tell you about Regal next week. I can't talk about it this week. But they do this cool little thing where Triple H says, uh, hey, when are you wanting to release your new kind of EP? It's got like five tracks on it. She goes, hmm, how about right now? And hits a button on her phone. And so it was kind of an NXT exclusive. You can now get it all kinds of places like iTunes and stuff anyway. But uh, using Poppy, and they will use her later on too is uh, pretty cool. She has some pretty cool music. Go check it out. 
the Cameron Grimes LA Knight Ted DiBiase thing just escalated. It's going to be the million dollar championship ladder match that we will talk about in a second. He did some weird little videos where they were in big mansions that neither one of them actually live in. We don't think anybody lived in them. Kind of weird. But down in Orlando, there's a lot of them. Uh, Grizzled Young Vets took on August Gray and some random guy. Grizzled Young Vets won the match. That is going to lead to a match that we'll talk about next week between them and uh, Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. That was an exceptional matchup. That one's fun. But Grizzled Young Vets, seems like they're constantly getting beat down by everybody else. So maybe they can get the jump on uh, Ciampa and Thatcher and actually get some momentum. Because the tag scene is, is starting to stall a little bit in NXT. They're going to have to do some stuff to uh, change it up. Candice LeRae comes out. Poppy comes out. Io Shirai comes out. Not real sure where all that's going to go. Because Io has nothing to do with Candice. Candice has nothing to do with any of them. She just kind of rolls her eyes at Poppy. Just uh, weird stuff all around. And then the main event, Dakota Kai representing her friend Raquel. Took on Ember Moon. Of course, Ember Moon gets the uh, win. It was by DQ when Gonzalez comes in and, and uh, threw around a good bit. It's going to lead to their pay-per-view match at In Your House that I will talk about shortly. That was your main event. And then, of course, at the end, you had Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, and Karrion Cross, all in a uh, little bit of a stare down and dust up, which led to the actual main event of In Your House. So let's talk about In Your House. In a winner-take-all match, we don't see many of these. This is a six-man tag where the tag titles that MSK currently hold and the North American Championship that Bronson Reed currently holds going into this match. Uh, we're both All three titles were on the line as Legado Del Fantasma, still one of the coolest teams and best names in tag, in my opinion, currently. Uh, they took on Legato Del Fantasma in a winner-take-all. We all kind of pretty much knew that the uh, champs were going to retain in this one, but this match was highly competitive. you got five guys who are known for their speed and their ingenuity, and they're off the top of their head, make something happen. And then Bronson Reed, who can also make stuff happen off the top of his head, and he is a big bruiser who can move. He's got some speed himself. Man, to put six guys in a ring like this and it come out looking great, this was a great matchup. This is, uh, I wish they would do a little bit more of these, but uh, these six guys have kind of faced off a good bit here recently. Kind of time to move some of them around. Mercedes Lewis took on Zia Lee in a match that had nothing to do with a title and yet might have been the best women's match of the week. Zia Lee ends up with the win, but Mercedes Martinez, as she has been over the last 20 years, 18 years, 15, something like that on the indie scene, she doesn't have to win to come out smelling like a rose, and she 100% does here. Mercedes is going to be one of those people that when you need to make something more legitimate, you call her, and she'll do that. She doesn't need a title. Not if she won one, but she doesn't necessarily need it. Uh, Bazaya Lee gets the win in that one. We had the 
million dollar belt ladder match between LA Knight and Cameron Grimes. Two guys with very different indie styles. And I like that they didn't overuse the ladders. Most people in ladder matches, first thing they do is they either sprint to the ladders and try to run up them, or they sprint to them and start swinging them wildly like they're fending off the zombie horde. These two took their time, methodically used the ladders as part of their offense and then as part of a way to try to win the match. They didn't They didn't just immediately go for them, which I, I thought was great. In the end, L.A. Knight, as he should have, got the bump. They really need to build up L.A. Knight as the, you know, the new million-dollar champ, the new ringmaster, so to say. That should ring some bells. The new kind of guy that they can groom a little bit and then maybe move up, and uh, he, he could really be a breath of fresh air on, I hate saying move up, but move to one of the other two brands within by the end of the year. But good on him to win that. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez defended her championship against Ember Moon. Wade Barrett made a comment uh, at the end of this match, I believe, that there is no female more improved in the last calendar year than Raquel Gonzalez, and I agree. When she was first making a, a move towards the title, I was like, I'm not sure. I haven't seen all the dots connected here. Not all the cable. It looks like some wires are crossed. I'm not quite. And then she won in the match she won and everything she's done since. She may be one of the more dominant females they have down there with a clean victory over Ember Moon. Yeah, Dakota Kai was down there. She had a little bit to do with, with uh, the match, not with the outcome, because Shotzi chased her around. Shotzi and Dakota, that's a fun feud. But Raquel keeps the title, as she should. Um, I, I don't know who you put against her because it is not time to put her against Frankie yet. Frankie needs a couple more matches to establish herself. Then Frankie Monet is, is the natural opponent here. Karrion uh, Cross, the champ coming in, defended against Adam Cole against Kyle O'Reilly, against Johnny Gargano, and against Pete Dunne. These are arguably, I mean, you can put in Champa and maybe one or two others, and these are the people who are making the heavyweight scene at NXT as crowded as it is. It, uh, and, man, this, this was to have an odd number of people in a match usually doesn't work out. Triple threat, okay, but when you have five or seven or, or things like that, because that way there's always an odd man out. There's a fifth wheel in this case. But for the most part, what they did is they would pair off, and they would all kind of wear each other out, and then Cross would come in and kind of clear the ring, and then they would all gang up on him, and then he would battle back, and everybody would kind of semi-pair off again. In the end, Karrion Cross, as he should, keeps his belt. Now, the problem is, is you just technically eliminated four contenders in one shot. Uh, he gets the win over Kyle. I guess at this point, Cole could say, well, you didn't pin me. Johnny Gargano can uh, say, well, you didn't pin me. But more than likely, I'd rather see him and Austin Theory go for the tag titles right now. And uh, Pete Dunne can go, well, you sure as heck didn't pin me. So I, I guess between Adam Cole and Pete Dunne, you, you could see one of them being next. Although there's some there's some other candidates out there that we could eventually look at, but that was their that was their in your house uh, thing. There it wasn't so bad. It, it was pretty good. 
they they knew how to deliver. These were all good, solid matches. Uh, no title changes, nothing that we really thought otherwise. Now, I want to see L.A. Knight technically defend the million-dollar belt at some point. It could be against Cam. It could be against somebody else, even if he were to drop it and then win it back. That's what I kind of want to see. I kind of want to see him do something with that. You know, like the BMF belt. Defend the thing already. Uh, let's see, though. That will lead us into the rest of the wrestling action. I will start with Impact Wrestling because AEW has been coming on Fridays lately because of the NBA. Which is fine. Doesn't bug me at all. At least it's not a dog show. Uh, Rosemary took on Havoc. Rosemary being the number one contender to take on um, God, what is her name? Uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Which is, I mean, somebody has to, right? Well, that's what we didn't do. We didn't look at the against all odds. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Rosemary and Havoc had a uh, really solid match, as they they usually do. See if we can get this pulled up real quick. Uh, But after the match, after they had a pretty good knockdown dragout match, it seems like they have paired up. And I guess both their... Normal partners aren't with the company anymore, maybe. I don't know, but uh, Rosemary gets the clean victory, as she should. She needed the kind of boost to go into the... to kind of go into the title match, because somebody's going to have to beat Deanna Perrazzo, because she ran through the division one and a half times already. Uh, Tasha Steeles took on Kimberly, because they're going to have a tag match where Tasha Steeles and... Kira Hogan will defend their belts against Kimberly and Susan. It's their their tag division needs to needs to boost itself up a little bit. They they have some good people. I like their roster. I don't necessarily it's hard to get behind some of the teams they put together because they don't push them. But either way, there is a uh, former military guy that they will be debuting pretty soon named Macklin. Uh, Tasha Steele's won that, by the way. Macklin looks pretty interesting. Impact Wrestling has been pretty big in recent years over getting former military guys who are quite good. I think Crimson was one of the better ones they had for a while. But uh, it looks like he's going to debut pretty soon. He seems to be a little erratic, a little bit of a head case. But they need something to shake it up. They need, they need some shake-ups. And, and debuting this guy... Looks like it could be it. He could uh, eventually take on W. Morrissey, who is talking about here in a second. Uh, Petey Williams and Trey Miguel took on uh, Rohit Raju and Chris Bay. Trey Miguel gets the win over Rohit. They are building Trey again a little bit. I don't know for what. I don't know where because uh, there's nobody to pair him up with right now. Uh, Joe, Joe Deering took on Eddie Edwards. Of course, Eddie wins by DQ when the rest of Violet by design gets involved. Uh, Daring is going to take on is is going to have an interesting 
pay-per-view match that I will talk about here shortly. But uh, it's somebody that he has been against a ton of times. Let's see. What is his name? I just forgot his name. I should know it. Oh, Kojima. And him and Kojima know each other from Japan, so. Let's just get that going. We'll keep talking here. But uh, Violet by Design seems pretty interesting. The fact that they are the tag champs is pretty interesting as well. Uh, I feel like they could move them off of them. It was nice to have them there because it got the belts uh, in a different direction. It got them off of Thin Juice so the Thin Juice could go back and do their own thing. Uh, but it's, it's just something different. And Eddie Edwards is, is in the process of just kind of putting people over. He's he's not a believable heavyweight contender at the moment. So you got to let him do something. And then in the main event, uh, it's, it's going to eventually be Rich Swan instead of Willie Mack. But Willie Mack took on W. Morrissey. They used Willie to show how powerful Morrissey is. He is very powerful. I, I like the fact that he has got into his past a little bit and told you that, hey, he didn't always make the world's best decisions. But it's led him to this moment. So, you know, good for him. And uh, let's talk about against all odds. It's against all odds happened. There were some pretty big results. We'll get into it. Um, but Sammy Callahan and Tommy Dreamer defeated the Good Brothers in a street fight. Okay, they're saving Sammy to eventually take on Kenny Omega, I think. And that that is a the problem is they're wasting Moose in the process, but. Sammy Callahan is is the next Impact Champion, in my opinion. Uh, Joe Deering defeated Kojima. 
in a singles match. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You think Kojima coming over from New Japan would have took the win there, but I guess Darren didn't need to take a, a loss like that. Uh, Petey Williams and uh, Petey Williams, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Rohit Raju ended up in a no contest, which was for the number one contendership. So, in typical Impact wrestling fashion, they are probably going to end up in a six-way match or something like that because they love to put as many people as possible in a match. I just, I mean, if that ended up in a no contest after 12 minutes and you feature five of your top X Division stars, that sounds to me like you have no idea what you're doing and you have no idea what to do with these people. Do better. Do better. W. Morrissey defeated Rich Swan by pinfall, as he should. They are really pushing him as, as uh, like I said, could be potentially a, uh, a Matt Morgan type. Just a big, strong guy. He can talk. It's uh, W. Morrissey could be a big contender somewhere down the road. It's I think it would be six months or so. So you could work him into some really big programs. Going against his old friend Rich Swan and uh, Willie Mack are a good way to make him credible out of the gate and not really damage them that much because people still like them anyway. Um, let's see. Gosh, it's going to be a long show. Uh, Tennille Dashwood defeated Jordan Grace. Okay. It's like they're trying to split Jordan Grace and, and Rachel Ellering. You just put them together, but in impact wrestling fashion, let's put together a really good team and then split them. Why not? Fire and Flava, which is Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, defeated Kimberly and Susan for the knockouts. Tag championships, of course they did. Fire and Flava is the best team they have going because they split the other one. And who would beat them? Diener and Rhino defended the tag team championship against the K, which is Black Taru and Crazy Steve. Okay. This was a good first opponent for them. It'd be kind of cool if they eventually moved the titles up of them, but hey, let them have a good title run. Uh, Diener is probably a pretty good tag guy. He always has been. And Rhino is uh, always a, a good worker. And the fact that Eric Young's out there is, is just a, a wild card. Uh, imagine that. Deanna Perrazzo defeated Rosemary for the Knockouts Championship. So she has beaten Rosemary twice, I believe. She beat, she's been through the Division one and a half times. Give me somebody. Sign somebody already. Uh, not just one off. You know, build them up. Uh, and then Kenny Omega defeated Moose for the Impact World Championship. This match took place at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, where AEW does their, uh, all their broadcasting, and that was to make sure that nobody could interfere. Fine. It is what it is. But, uh, it seemed like an okay pay-per-view for them. It'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, they're on right now, actually. It'd be interesting to see what they actually do. And uh, what, where they go from here? Because a lot of their feuds, they run in, run into a wall. And then it's, uh, it's up to them to get them away from the wall. Now, what else can we get into? Oh. Start some AEW. In AEW last week, Christian had a good victory over Angelico. It seems like Christian and Taz have this little rivalry going. Well, they've been buddies for a little while, so that makes sense. Uh, 
looks like they are about to debut Brock Anderson as he is in the middle of Cody and QT Marshall's feud. I think he came through the Nightmare Academy, which is a pretty good place to come through. Interesting to see what they do with Brock Anderson. Um, him versus QT Marshall would be pretty good. Him versus some of that stable over there would be pretty good. Uh, I don't know how much wrestling his, his dad, Arn, can do, but at some point I would love to see them in a tag together. Just saying. Uh, Pac, Penta El Zero Miedo, and Eddie Kingston all had a match versus Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Kingston ends up with the win over Brandon Cutler, but the star of the show by far was Penta El Zero Miedo, who had some great tandem moves that you just have to see to believe. And the Young Bucks, willing participants, as they are still probably the best tag team on the planet. Uh, this led to Kaz and the Good Brothers coming out to uh, finish out the melee between all of those people. Uh, you had Pinnacle come out. We saw them arrive at a limo. Pinnacle come out. And then Jericho and the Inner Circle proceed to destroy their limo, including Jake Hager. Driving a forklift into it, picking it up, smashed it up pretty good. It is uh, it's the dream of every warehouse worker and pro wrestler in the world to be able to smash a car with a forklift and does a pretty good job. I've been willing to bet he's ran a forklift before. Uh, Miro defended his TNT championship against Evil Uno. This was really good. Evil Uno is a great mechanic and worker, and he has some flash and pizzazz of his own. Like, he's not just there to make the other guy look good, not just to go along with the plan. He can interject his own things, and this was really, really good. But, of course, Miro retains you got to keep Miro strong right now. I would say at some point you're going to see his actual wife, Lana, uh, show up and, um, and and be by his side. I think that would be fantastic because then that sets up some, some uh, you know, he could go against Cody and Brandy once Brandy comes back from uh, having uh, the, the new baby on the way. You have uh, Chip, his old friend and partner there. There's, there's a lot of ways you can intermingle this. you got... Chris Statlander and, and the best friends. There's some fun things they can do. But Miro retains, to me, though, the star of the show was Evil Uno. Nyla Rose, after bullying, I don't like when they do this, on social media and everything else, do you guys not realize how many suicides and deaths bullying on social media has, has caused in the last couple of years? And yet you guys do this. So I, I don't like it at all. But Nyla beats Layla Hirsch, um, as she should. She's twice or three times as big as she is. And I don't know. It's almost a waste of time. But uh, I just didn't like the angle they did. Uh, Brian Cage and Hobbs took on Hangman Page and uh, 10, number 10, from the... Uh, God, what do you call them? The Dark Order. Ten being the hand-picked one that everybody in the company and Brody Lee, they see this kid being a, a big star down the road, and he, he definitely could be. Uh, he ends up getting the win over Hobbs when Cage chases somebody else to the back. Uh, Team Taz is having some issues at the moment. Oh, he, he uh, Ricky Starks. Because Ricky Starks threw the belt to Cage for Cage to use. Cage threw it back. Hobbs got mad, slapped him in the face, and then Cage 
chased him to the back, as he should. You don't slap that guy. But uh, good win from, from 10 there. And and Hangman. And uh, they had beer celebration afterwards. Hangman is uh, like the everyday guy that Stone Cold was. It's totally cool for him to drink and nobody cares. Because that's what we all want to do, right? Uh, Ring of Honor. Eli Eason took on Dak Draper. It's part of the Survival of the Finish Fittest Tourney. That is where they will have six singles matches. Everybody that wins that match will be put into a six-man match where uh, the winner, I think it's a future title shot, because that's pretty much a stipulation of almost every weird stipulation Ring of Honor match. But Eli Eason gets the win, and Dalton Castle, who was out there the whole time until the very end, he left right before the end, but it just means that Dak Draper and Dalton Castle will probably be in something pretty soon. Dragon Lee and Kenny King took on Titus, uh, Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams, who were the champs in a pure tag team title match. And per, I knew this rule would come in somewhere. Uh, this ended up in a DQ victory for Tracy and Titus because normally in a pure match, after your third rope break or pin breakup, uh, then you just can no longer use the ropes to break up a pin or submission. In a tag match, when you use your fourth rope break, or a rope break is whether you touch, you know, you use the ropes to break up a pin or, or submission, or to break up a pin. Well, they Kenny King and Dragon Lee used their fourth when they broke up a pin, ended up being their fourth rope break. That is an automatic DQ. Yeah, there'll be a test on this later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, uh, that is what it is. But now, to a stipulation that actually makes a lot of sense, let's get into some fighting. I'm going to try to be quick with this. I realize we're almost to an hour now. Uh, Invicta had an event over the weekend. It was on uh, cable and satellite television. It was fantastic to watch. They had an eight-woman tournament all on the same night. Here's what happened. In the quarters and the semifinals, you do one round. And if you do not finish your opponent, it goes to the judge's decision. Whoever wins goes on goes into the next round. When the quarters, you all go into the next round, and then the fastest finisher or the most dominant finisher got to pick which of the other three they would take on in the semis. And then the winner of the semis obviously goes into the final, and the final is a three-round matchup if it goes that far. So basically, you're doing a five-round fight. You're just having three different opponents. It's not that bad. I like that stipulation. Um, let's see. First matchup was Tabitha Watkins, who took on uh, Jessica Delboni. Delboni gets the 10-9 unanimous decision. She, she controlled this fight. Um, I'm not going to take away from Watkins say it should be a 10-8. No, it was, it was, she had some good stuff going, but Jessica Delboni was just on top of her game. She moves on. Lindsey Van Zant. Beats Katie Perez right around the three-and-a-half-minute mark with a sub uh, submission. It was an arm bar. It was fantastic. Uh, but that put her in the driver's seat. Kind of like a beat-the-clock challenge in a way. Uh, you know, instead of going the whole round, just three-and-a-half minutes. Uh, Linda Mihalik, Linda Mihalik took on Jillian uh, DeCourcy. Linda Mihalik ends up with the win, the 10-9 unanimous decision. And then Melissa Messer-Valencia got the decision win over Paulina uh, Granados. Well, that means 
Lindsay Van Zant got to pick her opponent. Who did LVZ take? LVZ said, give me Linda Mahalik. Which means that the other matchup was Melissa uh, Valencia versus Jessica Delboni. Both of these are really good. They both go to decision where Lindsay Van Zant punches her ticket to the finals, and so does Jessica Delboni. These are basically the perennial favorites in this. They were the ones people expected, and they met the finals in three rounds. It goes unanimous decision all three rounds. Jessica Delboni, the favorite coming in, takes this whole thing here. Uh, then she had a face-off with Alicia Zapatello, who is the champ. That's going to be a fun fight coming up in a couple months. I can't wait to see that. But like the format, Invicta, all women, all on the card, great fighters. We're going to see a lot of these fighters in Bellator or UFC within a year, I believe. A lot of these are going, are going to do that. But uh, Invicta, if you don't get a chance to watch, you should watch Invicta. Invicta is very cool, the way they do things. And it's it's different. It's you're not going to see something like that. Uh, let's see. The PFL had an event last weekend. They got one coming up this weekend. Let me tell you about the ones you need to know about. Uh, basically, the PFL the main event was. The debut of Clarissa Shields, who is a two-time boxing Olympian. She still boxes. She's one of the most highly decorated women's boxers, possibly one of the best of all time at this point. And, yes, I am including Layla Ali. She took on Brittany Elkin, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the last person Kayla Harrison ran over. That sound about right. But, anyway, uh, Clarissa Shields. She did okay for the first couple rounds. At times, she was in trouble. Brittany had her in some pretty good spots. And then she took over in the third, had some good ground and pound. She, uh, from her words, she decided to end that. So Clarissa Shields ends up with her first victory. It was by TKO, referee stoppage, uh, and, and good victory. Uh, Bubba Jenkins with the big unanimous decision over Bobby Moffitt. And then Clay Collard. Cassius Clay Collard. Took on Joyton Lutterbach. I don't know why it was a split decision. I don't think that was a split decision. But Cassius Clay Collard continues to impress. Continues to just smash his opponent. Uh, Joyton did a good job. But Clay Collard, man, he's you should be watching PFL for Clay Collard. There's, there's tons of other reasons you could. But, yeah. And then let's go ahead and preview some of the bigger matchups in the PFL that is going on, I believe, right now. Uh, you got Magomed, Magomed Karamov, who is going to take on Curtis Melander. You've got Chris Kamazi taking on Cesar Ferreira. Or Ferreira. That's going to be good in the light heavyweight division. Um, Antonio Carlos Jr., Going to take on Vinny Morgales. The light heavyweight, the light heavyweight in PFL is, is stacked. And this is the way they do it. They do their cards where it's all lightweights, light heavyweights, and all 
welterweights are all they they try to do them like hey the entire event is is uh, really focusing on these things here and you're like cool it's easier to uh, get with those and, and kind of see what's going on with them uh, you got Ray Cooper the third versus Nikolai Alexkan or Alexkin Emiliano Sorti is going to take on Dan Spawn. And then, of course, you have some names you may have heard of before. Gleason Tebow is going to take on Rory McDonald. That one's going to be fantastic. I can't wait that as soon as this show is over, I'm going to flip that on and have that on. Uh, fun, fun things coming up with the PFL. Now, that will lead us to Let's talk Bellator 260. Bellator 260 that happened last Friday. They, uh, by the way, their app is spectacular. If you if you want to go and uh, and check out check out their uh, new app, especially when you scroll down when you're when you're looking at results, looking at matchups. There, there's so much more information on the Bellator app. Uh, kudos to whoever's doing that. Um, see, it's prelims. Let me see if there's, uh, which there was one, Nick Newell, uh, lost by decision to Bobby King. I thought that it was a good lightweight, uh, fight. Lucas Brennan getting the submission win over Matt Sabiki in the featherweight division. I thought was pretty good. Ah, here it is. Uh, Marina. Moktakina gets the big decision win over Amanda Bell. Thought that was very good in the women's featherweight. Uh, the Russian fighter Marina is uh, just fantastic. Uh, shout out to Josh the Punk Thompson for trying his best to say Marina's last name. I, I'm going to go with Moktakina. I he, he just got tongue-tied. I, I think he was just impressed by, by these two girls fighting the way they did, and uh, he, he tried. Uh, let's move to the main card, where, okay, good, make sure, uh, to Marcus Jackson, lost by TKO to Mark Leminger, good fight, but Mark, Mark had it, Mark had it, that was good, um, Aaron Pico got the submission win over Aiden Lee in the featherweight feature fight. In the welterweight co-main event, Paul Daly lost by decision to Jason Jackson. Good fight. Really good fight. And then in the welterweight world title, Douglas Lima come in. And this this one had me torn down the middle because Douglas Lima Douglas Lima coming in as the champ. I like Douglas Lima. I think he's uh, I think he's a fantastic fighter. I've seen him fight a lot. I mean, he was 30, 32 and eight coming in. Uh, usually doesn't do so well with defending titles that he wins. But either way, he comes as a champ. He took on Yaroslav Amasov. Now, I really like Douglas Lima. I really like Amasov. Uh, Lima from 
uh, lives right here in Atlanta, right down the road. So I kind of a little partial to wanting to cheer for the Atlanta guys. But uh, I just had a feeling that Amasov was going to bring it. And for five rounds, he out-wrestled and out-grappled Douglas Lima and won by decision. Whether it was unanimous or not, I don't think matters. The thing to remember here is you have a new welterweight champ. Yaroslav Amasov is slightly lighter than the people that he trains with, but he trains with Austin Vanderfurt and two or three other guys that are all undefeated. He is now 26-0-0, one of the best records in MMA. But uh, just, just incredible. Incredible. That is going to lead to Bellator 261, which will be... Next Friday, which will be Johnson versus Moldovsky, we will talk more about that next week. Let's talk Let's talk about UFC 263. Uh, big split decision win by Carlos Felipe over uh, Jake Collier. thought that was a uh, pretty good fight there. Uh, the Brad Riddell, Drew Dober fight, man, it, oof, man, that was a crazy one. Uh, I implore people to go back and watch these if you get a chance to, but that, uh, Riddell ends up with a unanimous decision after three grueling rounds. Um, Lauren Murphy with the split decision win over Joanne Calderwood. A lot of people want to say that Joanne Calderwood won that match, so JoJo did, I disagree. I thought Lauren did just enough. I think it was 60-40. Split decision I think is correct, but I gave two rounds to Lauren and one to JoJo. And I went back and watched the fight a second time. Uh, But then again, I wasn't one of the judges and we're all entitled to our opinions. And at the same time, judges, a couple of the judges saw it the same way I did. That maybe Lauren Murphy could have a title shot coming up against uh, Valentina Shevchenko. I'd be up for that. I think Lauren is too. Now let's get to the main card. Main card. You get Paul Krieg with the first round, just under two minutes, first round KO, TKO of Jamal Hill. Here's the weird thing. It was considered that, but it was really a stoppage. And the reason it was a stoppage was because a local official, I don't remember his name, um, he, he tried. I give him credit. It's got to be rough. They they put him on the main card just to try to you know give a dog a bone. Jamal Hill's arm was just kind of flopping there, and uh, Paul Creed continued to put the pressure on and, and things like that. And then finally, it got stopped. You got to do better. You got to do better, man. But uh, it looks like Jamal Hill is going to be fine. He's going to recover. It was just a dislocation. It wasn't a break or anything like that, because that could have been really serious and really screwed some stuff up. Uh, Damian Maya taking on Bilal Muhammad. Unanimous decision to Bilal Muhammad, who rebounds after getting poked in the eye by Leon Edwards, who, oddly enough, in the next fight we're going to talk about. Uh, Damian Maya, this was his last fight on the UFC on the UFC uh, 
contract he had. And the way Dana talked, this is probably going to be the end, at least in the UFC. Um, I don't know if you're Maya, it's up to you. So if you want to keep fighting, there's other places, uh, you know, other people have, have moved on to other things or start coaching or maybe call it. I know you want to fight. He, he called out Nate Diaz. Might as well. I understand, I understand why you did that, but uh, Damian Maya is as good as you are. I, I think this is the last we have seen of you in the in the UFC. But uh, good fighting. It's been fantastic watching you. Look forward to seeing what you get into now. Uh, Leon Edwards took on Nate Diaz, and for 24 minutes, Leon Edwards put on a clinic. Just what he needed. He is the better fighter at this juncture. That last minute, had Nate Diaz not took a second to admire his work, I think, Nate, I'm going to, I did it again, Nathan Diaz. A ton of people have said this already, but Nathan, I'm going to say it again. Had you not stood back to admire your work. I think in that last minute you could have finished Leon Edwards and flipped the entire apple cart and set it on fire. Uh, but here's the thing. Because of that last minute and because of the fact that uh, that he seemed kind of surprised to lose the decision, thought he won the fight, uh, that's that's Nathan Diaz, guys. And that's, that's Nick Diaz. That's the way they act. That's the way they are. Who comes out the bigger star? Everybody was wanting to know what Nathan Diaz is going to do next. Not many people are asking what Leon Edwards is going to do next, even though we kind of think he's, he's going to be up there in the title picture. But once again, Leon gets dealt a weird hand, and his opponent is going to come out smelling a little bit better than him. What does Nathan Diaz do next? I think he takes on Conor McGregor. Whether Conor next fight or not. Um... But overall, Leon Edwards, keep doing what you're doing. You put on a claim for 24 minutes. Watch out for that last minute. Devison Figueredo defended his title against Brandon Moreno. Well, two and a half minutes into round number three, Brandon Moreno slaps on the submission, and Brandon Moreno is not only your new UFC champion, he is the first champion to be born from Mexico. He's the first Mexican champion. Congratulations to Brandon Moreno. I kind of figured, I had a thought that he would win this. He looked like he should have won the other fight that was a draw. But just, man, I hate it for Devison. Devison is a, is a great fighter and he will rebound. And I see these two facing off somewhere down the road anyway. But, now. Good for Brandon Moreno. And congratulations on all the uh, all the fanfare and, and uh, accomplishment he is going to get. Lastly, we had Israel Adesanya, who defended his middleweight belt against Marvin Vittori. They both look prepared. I, I, I think if this fight went five times, I think Vittori could win one to two of those. This was not one of those. Adesanya put on a clinic for five rounds. Vittori did everything he could. It seemed like he was emptying the bag of tricks and doing everything he could come up with, but he just come up a little short. But here's the thing. Vittori is only like 26, 27 years old. Give him a couple more fights. He'll be right back up in the picture here. Uh, congratulations to Israel on the big victory.
And that will lead us to UFC. Yeah. To UFC Fight Night coming on this Saturday. I believe that is in the Apex. We'll find uh, there's only a couple of these fights that uh, one on the prelim. No, oh, a couple. Uh, Josh Parisian is going to take on Roque Martinez, a heavyweight fight. Those two are going to really throw some blows for sure. Definitely want to watch that one. Um, Verna Danderoba is going to take on Kanako Murata in the women's strawweight. That's going to be fun. Matthew uh, Samelsberger is going to take on Chaos Williams in the welterweight division. Chaos is always a fun draw and a fun, fun. He packs a punch, man. He can, he can throw some power. You get onto the main card. You get Diego Lima. It's going to take on Matt Brown in the welterweight division. Bruno Silva against Wellington Turman. What a great thing, Carl. You get Wellington. Love it. In the middleweight division, it's 16 and 4 versus 19 and 6. You get Juliana Rosa is going to take on Sangwood Choi. You get David Grant taking on Mar- uh, Marlon Chito Vera in the bantamweight division. Chito going to bring it. David Grant, though, he, he could take and dish it right back out. You get Survey Spivik taking on Alexi Olenek in the heavyweight division. The season vet there. And then Dan Ige is going to take on a Chan Song Jong, otherwise known as the Korean Zombie. I think Zombie is going to uh, – there's a prediction there. I like Dan Ige, but I think Korean Zombie is going to rebound off his, uh, his recent loss, and we're going to see the Zombie uh, come back with a vengeance. Uh, just fantastic fight coming up there. We also have Triller Fight Club it is coming up this Saturday as well. I will be at another event, so I will not be able to watch live, but I will definitely be watching and uh, and uh, keeping up with this. And I'm just going to go over the main card fight. So you get Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, against George Combosos Jr. That should be a lot of fun. That's 16-0 versus 19-0. That's for the Undisputed Lightweight Championship. Triller's getting some big fights, man. They're, they're, they're getting belts defended, which is fantastic. And they're showing you they're not just a vehicle for Paul Brothers. Uh, they have, they have uh, featured them a couple times, but Triller's about way more than that. They put together some just fantastic fight cards. Uh, for the WBA Heavyweight World Title Eliminator, in the heavyweight division, of course, as I said, Michael Hunter at 19-1-1 and is going to take on Mike Wilson, who was 21-1. Those two are going to throw down for sure. Um, let's see. WBC International Super Featherweight Super Champion or Silver Championship. You're going to get Andy Vences at 23-2-1 against Jono Carroll, 19-2-1. Man, it's going to be fun. If you don't know these names, go look them up. Go to trillerfightclub.com. Look, look these people up, man. This is going to be just fantastic, fantastic fight card. I'm just going over the main card. Uh, here's a name you might know. Uh, the real Tarzan, Mike Holston, is making his debut. He's taking on Vitor Belfort. Yes, that Vitor Belfort from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. He is 1-0 with a KO on his record. That is going to be a... Fun match. In fact, even though I can't watch live, I still might come back and try to catch that one. That's going to be fantastic. 
for the undisputed super middleweight championship that the women are going to throw down, we've got Franchon Cruz at Desern at 7-1 and one with two KOs. going to take on Ellen Sideros, who is 8-0 with four KOs. That is going to be fantastic. Uh, let me look through see if there's some people you guys might know on the undercard. Uh, Ray Robinson against Ramal Amanov. You got Arnold Gonzalez versus Gabriel Gutierrez. Uh, Haven Brady Jr. versus Manuel Lara. Dude, that's a fight. Man, that's a fight. That is going to be insane. Triller, man, I, I'm, I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to uh, go to the one in Atlanta and uh, and get to talk to a lot of the, the main people at Triller and, and get to experience the Paul brothers and, and all that that entailed. And, and uh, that's that's why we keep talking Triller, man. They're doing some fantastic things. Uh, we love to be a part of them when we can, and uh, we definitely appreciate them. But that's going to do it for us. We have talked for... Over an hour. I know we're over an hour. We're probably almost close to an hour 20. Hopefully you stuck with us this whole time or you fast-forwarded found the fun things here that you wanted to hear about. But this has been Strong Style from Impact Media. We fight at night. We do. We fight for you guys. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch fighting. <laughs>